You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So welcome to this episode of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report brought to you by rockspile.com. Uh, my name is Kevin Henry, one of the co-experts for Rocks Pile and super excited as always to be joined by my friend and fellow co-expert, Noah Yingling. Noah, what is going on tonight? Not much. How are you? I am good. Uh, you know, I am uh, better, I think, than uh, what we saw earlier today in Houston. Uh, certainly, I'm glad I'm not on that flight from Houston to San Diego uh, tonight uh, after a 14-3 to blistering to finish off a season sweep by the, the Astros over the Rockies. Uh, cool. <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, I, not to mention yesterday's loss, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, that trip to Houston, uh, any kind of momentum that we talked about on the podcast, uh, you know, heading into the series about how good they looked in San Francisco. Boy, I'll tell you what, uh, that was that was bad. But I will give us credit. We said if they get a split, that would be a huge uh, victory. And I think you and I both uh, in our hearts weren't so sure that that was going to happen. Yeah. And I mean, part of it is Houston. They're arguably the best team in baseball. You you can't expect in a two-game series, you can't expect to have much because they're, they're probably the most well-rounded team in the sport right now. You could, you could argue the Dodgers, but their bullpen is shaky. You could argue the Yankees, but they've had what seems like millions of injuries. Um, yep. The Astros have been, by and large, healthy all season. They have a good bullpen. They have a great starting rotation, as we've seen this year. And if you've watched any other Astros games, you've seen in general. And just look at the name. And not to mention their offense. Every single person in their lineup is an above-average hitter this year. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that, it's a complete team, and it's something that in October, man, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch, uh, to see just how they churn toward toward the World Series. And, and I think, boy, especially after watching them, uh, that's that's a, a world uh, championship caliber team right there for sure. Yeah, they're definitely – they're right now I would say they, they're at least in the ALCS. 
That's yeah. what, uh, at least in my opinion. Agreed. I, I think uh, that, you know, uh, I'll be out in Vegas in a few weeks, and I think that's a pretty safe bet right there for sure. So, uh, but we uh, we try to drive through the windshield instead of the rear view mirror here and hopefully move forward to what the uh, Rockies are going to do. Four games in San Diego. And I know you and I were talking a little bit before we went on the air that this is the first time the Rockies and Padres have seen each other since that mid-June Father's Day, uh, just Coors Field being Coors Field in every way, shape, and form a uh, few minutes there uh, during those four games. And I'm really curious to see, you know, when when that series ended, the Rockies – split the series with San Diego. Let's not forget all the runs scored, all the hits, everything that happened there. The Rockies still split that series, even though they gave up two of those losses late. And But they walked away from that series three games over 500. They were in second place in the NL West. Uh, 37 and 34 was their record. Today, as we record this podcast, and as the Rockies travel to San Diego to face Padres again, guess what? They are 10 games under. 500. So they have been uh, 13 games worse than better since the Padres left Denver. And no, I'm going to tell you, it's, I will contend to my, my tombstone, I think, that that series broke the Rockies as far as their bullpen, usage, everything else. What happened that weekend at Coors Field set up for all of the other disappointments that we've seen moving forward. Yeah. And I mean, just and like you said, I mean, it was the entire series. It's not like, oh, you had one 20 to 18 game or something like that in the, in the series. No, you just had, I mean, there was 9-6 in the first game, then 16-12, 14-8, 14-13. And, I mean, they were actually pretty decent the few games after with the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Because they actually swept the Diamondbacks. But then they ran into the buzzsaw of Rocky's lore, um, and that's the Dodgers. Yep. So I think it kind of got worn down with the Padres series for later with the Dodgers. Um, and then also, too, I part of it, I mean, we all know this because we've discussed this numerous times before, Um and it really happened with that series is the lack of depth that the Rockies organization has. Yeah. And with having to go through so many pitchers during those games, your depth, it really dwindles down. And when you don't have much in the first place, you really have end up with no depth. And how many times have we seen that sense where the depth is zero and you have people going out there that, don't have it. And in all honesty, some of them should be in Albuquerque. Yeah. But they don't have the depth right now. Yeah, and, and I thought that was one of Bud Black's most interesting comments today on AT&T Sportsnet after the game is that we're having to watch this young pitching grow up in front of our eyes. And he said, you know, two or three years from now, uh, you know, and, and I kind of stopped for a minute and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, think about that. You know, and, and certainly Peter Lambert has progressed this year. It didn't show as much today, but the Lamberts, the Tinocos, the Yancey Almontes, 
you know, all these young pitchers that are out there right now that are being put in very tough spots. You can even throw Jairo Diaz in there if you want. Uh, you know, and I'm sure there's there's a couple that uh, you'll bring up that I'm not. But all these young pitchers that are having to perform right now simply because, A, like you said, little depth to make up for it within the Rockies organization, and, B, once again, no moves made at the deadline, no nothing at the deadline. So the team they have is the team they have, and that's not necessarily a great thing at the moment. Yeah, and, I mean, there's even some – not even young guys that just by the way they're pitching the there's some veterans why in the world are they on the roster yeah and that that's part of it is the lack of depth um but overall for the rockies exiting that series with the padres the rockies team era is 576 and that's not inclu- and that's not even including the padres series Okay. That's just since the Padres series. All right. If you include the Padres series, it's six sixteen. <laughs> That's insane. One series makes that much of a difference. That really is. <laughs> yeah. But it, so including that, that was the sixty eighth game that the or the first game of the series was the sixty eighth game played by the Rockies in twenty nineteen. Forty six games since. So about 40% or so of the game since. 6-16. Wow. Uh, and uh, they're allowing two home runs a game. And just the the strikeout rate is average, about eight strikeouts. Walks aren't terrible, about three and a half. But just, uh, the hits are the main thing. They're allowing 11 hits per game. Yeah, and so yeah, it's that's part of the reason why the the six sixteen ERA. I mean, the offense hasn't been great after the Padres series either, um, and the numbers with them, including the series and after the series, are another big jump. But um, after the series, it's been spotty, but it's not like they've been hitting how they were at the beginning of the season when. The Rockies went three and twelve, and I believe there was a point where the team in general was hitting under two twenty. Yeah, yeah, and that you know, and and we all were praising the pitching at that point, and and unfortunately the script flipped, and I think that's what you and I were so excited about on Sunday because actually everything came together. They pitched well, they hit well. It's like, oh my God, this is the way it's supposed to be, but we did not uh, see that in Houston, and uh, you know. San Diego is going to be very interesting for me. Uh, you know, I think that what for all intents and purposes, and I mean, again, I know it's not over till it's over, but I think we all thought, what if, and you start looking at the schedule and, you know, if they get through this, this series great in Houston, okay, well, it didn't happen. And so I, I think you really are looking at now 10 games under 500 that, you know, as we talked about in our last podcast, you've got to look at what lies ahead. And the guys like Tapia, Daza, you know, uh, these young guys that are playing right now, the young pitchers, they're, they're probably going to be thrown into more and more high leverage situations just to be, see what could happen. And I think that that could be what we start seeing starting in the San Diego series as well. Yeah. And I mean, like we've said, you, you have to start it soon because 
even though you might not want to think it, the the team as it's currently constructed, and they can't make trades or anything like that. Right. As they're currently playing and currently constructed, this is not a playoff team. No. Sorry, it, it's not. I mean, even to get to 500, they have 48 games left. They'd have to go 29 and 19. That's equivalent to playing 98 win baseball for the rest of uh, 98 wins for an entire season. That is. Yep. That's uh, that's the equivalency for the rest of the season. Could it happen? Sure. Will it likely happen? No, unless start things really turn around quickly. You know, and I'm going to play just a. I'm going to just give that little hint of optimism here, and this is going to be ever so slight. But one thing that I did in preparation, because again, I'll be out there for the four game series in San Diego. Uh, one of the things that I did in prep for that is to look at how the Rockies have done NL West wise, because. That's going to be such a big part of the rest of the year. If you look at the schedule, the Rockies have 25 games left against the National League West, including the four in San Diego this weekend. 19 of those are on the road. That includes six against the Dodgers, all in September, and it includes three against the Giants again in September as well. And those are places that historically Colorado has not fared well. Now picture this, Noah. Since the start of the decade, okay, they're 30 and 58 okay. at Dodger Stadium. They're 35 and 56 at Oracle, AT&T, whatever you want to call the Giants Stadium. And you go, well, okay, that's a long time. 2010 is a long time ago. All right, let's just look at Bud Black era. Since Bud took over starting before the 2017 season, the Rockies are 8 and 14 at LA. They're 10 and 16 at San Francisco. Now, Noah, where is the one place that since the start of the decade in the division, they actually have a winning record. Huh? I'm going to say Petco Park. Oh, you win a prize. Yes, you do. Believe it or not, <laughs> since the start of 2010, the Rockies are 44 and 43 at Petco, and they are 14 and eight there since Bud took over. So it's actually a place the Rockies have done well. We know that it's also a place that Ian Desmond has done well. Even in Ian Desmond's worst possible days, Ian Desmond did well in San Diego. So is there hope? Possibly. Uh, you know, but I think this, to me, this isn't about catching playoffs or anything else, but I think it's about playing meaningful, good baseball the rest of the season. And I think it starts this weekend in San Diego. Yeah, and it, I mean, it has to. And it's not like... The Padres are a buzzsaw like the Astros are. No. Uh, no. Because, I mean, really, the Padres are in the same spot. Entering today, and we're recording this on Wednesday, the Padres were 52-60. and 60, Essentially the same record as the Rockies. The, the Rockies entered the day 52-61. and 61. Yep. So, I mean, essentially, they're pretty much the same team. Now, the... Padres' offense is not as good, but just looking at the numbers, they aren't as good. But also, too, they're playing at more of a pitcher's park, or way more of a pitcher's park. Oh, yeah. Course field. Definitely. Um, so, and they're, they're essentially, I mean, they do have some older veterans, Hosmer, Machado, Kinsler, playing games. But, I mean, they mainly have younger guys. I mean, even... 
even Machado, I'm calling him an older veteran, and he's the, he's in his twenty age twenty six season. Yep. But I mean, you've got you've got guys like Fernando Tatis. This is his age twenty season. Well, I, and he's playing every day for them. I, he's I, not going to turn twenty one until January. And, and I thought it was so funny. I was watching TV the other night, and they were talking about how Tatis. And and this is what they said. Tatis grew up watching Machado, and so would love to have played with him one of these days. And I'm like, my God, is Manny Machado really considered that old? Because like you said, it's not that huge of an age difference. But the whole growing up watching him play, that's pretty uh, fascinating to me. Well, I mean, Tatis was born in January of 99, uh, and Machado made his debut as a 19-year-old in uh, two – in August of 2012, so Tatis would have been 13. There you go. So I guess that's so. growing up. You know, it's just it's just such a, a weird uh, thought, but hey, uh, and, and it's also one that that um, the Rockies are going to have to stop Tatis. Uh, you know, I I think that you know we've talked for so long about Will Myers being a Rockies killer and other guys on this team who are kind of that. Uh, Rockies killer or, or really comes through the clutch so often, but you know, for years and years and years now, it's going to be Tatis. Let's be honest. Yeah, and just the way he's played, I mean, he's twenty. Yeah, and the uh, the Padres in general, they have three players that have played for them this year that are twenty, and they have uh, the three youngest players that have played in the National League this year have played for the Padres. But, I mean, for Tatis, entering today, 77 games, 20 homers, 48 RBI, 14 stolen bases, hitting 322, 383, and 592. He has a 156 OPS plus. Wow. And and I can tell you, uh, my wife is in Seattle today and did some advanced scouting on the uh, uh, Padres because they're finishing up a series against the Mariners. And I can tell you that uh, Tatis crushed one, uh, using her words, uh, today there at uh, T-Mobile Park. So uh, he is uh, he's going to come in tomorrow uh, swinging the bat very well, it seems. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see you know, and, and Bud always talks about this, this is a resilient group. And I think this team has to be resilient at this point. And I'm glad that John Gray's on the mound tomorrow uh, to start the series. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, John Gray uh, beating the Padres and, and uh, racking up those K totals are always beautiful things to watch. Uh, but this is also a team that Saturday's starter still has yet to be announced, will likely be Chichi uh, Gonzalez. But you know, how much faith do you have in Saturday's starter? Uh, you know, Herman uh, will need to bounce back from his performance in Houston for a Sunday start. Uh, you know, so I, I, I'm very interested in, of course, the Kyle Freeland experiment Friday. Uh, you know, hopefully Kyle can uh, continue his, his interesting ways. But once again, for me in this series, it boils down to pitching. And who would have thought? this time last year that I would be saying right now that John Gray has been far and away the Rockies' best pitcher this year. Oh, yeah. Starting pitcher, at least. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, you know. And, I mean, just looking at ERA, obviously ERA is not the be-all, end-all, and you'll get some people who don't like it and all that, but if you just look at ERA, John Gray's ERA is 403. 
the next lowest one is Marquez at 482. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that says part of the story right there. Well, and, you know, our, our friend Kyle Newman with the Denver Post uh, asked Marquez last night after the game about his the pressure of him being the ace. And, you know, certainly Kyle's welcome to his question, but I, I got thinking, I don't think Herman Marquez is the ace of the staff right now. Uh, I think it is John Gray, and, I, and that goes back to that whole ace argument that has haunted John forever. But I think if you're talking about a leading pitcher right now, and if you needed one guy to go out there, it would be John right now. Yeah, and Marquez, the thing with him, at least what we've seen this season, I mean, he'll have great games where he'll give you seven scoreless innings, and then the next start he'll give you two and two-thirds and give up 11. Yep. That's his problem. Yeah. Because, in fact, we didn't do – the first part, but he did do the second part. He just a few weeks ago, July 15th, against the Giants, two and two thirds, 11 hits, 11 runs. Next game, he's facing the Yankees, which are a better team than the Giants. Oh, yeah. And he's on the road. And he goes seven innings, gives up three hits, two runs. It, That's been his problem this year. He's, he's, well, and then. Part of it is the hits. He, I mean, there's been, let's see, one, two, three, four, five games that he's given up double-digit hits this year. And then there's some games where, like the game in San Francisco at the beginning of the year, he went a complete game and gave up one hit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, and I think that's what will make, uh, if Bud Black is bald by the end of the year, it wouldn't surprise me because just the inconsistency <laughs> of every pitcher. I mean, pick a pitcher, you know, even John Gray, uh, you know, as much as we, we're giving him praise, let's be honest, there's some, been some games this year that he's been less than optimal, shall we say. So I, I think that that's, that's certainly been a problem. Hey, we're, uh, we're just over 20 minutes here, Noah, so I want to make sure that we get to uh, kind of Final thoughts heading into the Padres series, and then uh, I want to make sure that everybody kind of knows what we've got planned for coverage while we're out there. Yeah, I was going to say I'll be very interested to see with the four-game series because you have a lot of stuff that will be happening since you will be out there yeah. with the team. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, so, you know, and certainly knock on wood, but uh, we have some time set aside with Bud Black, Charlie Blackman, uh, Jerry Schimmel from the, the Rockies Radio Network. Uh, so we've got a lot of things already planned that are going to be exclusives here on Rocks Pile. Uh, and, you know, that's one of the reasons why we go with the team from time to time is just to get the insight and, you know, uh, away from Coors Field, away from all the local media so that we can really get and talk with these guys. So looking forward to bringing you all of that. So, Noah, let me just uh, put you on the spot here. What are you expecting to see out of Petco this week? Um, I expect to see the Rockies pitching staff pitch a little bit better, particularly with John Gray. You'll see him pitch well, or at least I would assume he would pitch well. Um, Obviously, I'm not Nostradamus, but we can try to predict. But I would assume the Rockies would pitch better. Um, And then the Padres, like we were saying, they have a young team. So they're going to make their uh, 
their starting staff, they're going to make some mistakes. And the Rockies offense just needs to cash in on those. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds simple, doesn't it? <laughs> they really do. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how John and the Rockies set the tone tomorrow. Uh, I think it's so important to come out uh, and really set the tone, and I think they will. Um, my prediction is that we're going to see a split in San Diego. Uh, I would think that uh, that uh, Gray and Marquez uh, do well. Uh, I'm a little more worried about the Friday and Saturday games, but, hey, Kyle Freeland, prove me wrong. I am great with that anytime. So, uh, Yeah, I would say a split too, but, yeah, if we're – for proved wrong, that is perfectly fine. Absolutely, it is. You know, and then the Rocks come back home for uh, Arizona, which again is one of their two NL West series left at home this season. Uh, the only one in August, and then one against the Padres in September. So, um, well, hey, let's wrap it up. Uh, Noah, thanks as always. Uh, love talking to you about this, and uh, looking forward to seeing where we were right and where we were way off on this one. Yeah, and. Make sure that everyone you stay tuned to the site. As Kevin said, we've got a lot of stuff coming up this weekend in San Diego. Yeah, yeah, really looking forward to uh, not only, you know, it's weird to say getting out of the Denver heat, but uh, it will be nice to get out to San Diego. And uh, certainly got a lot of things starting tomorrow at Petco. So uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at RocksPileFS. Make sure that you're keeping track of the site, uh, you know, because we are going to be getting you plenty of stuff. So, Noah, thanks as always, man. I appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. And thanks to all of you for listening. Hey, we uh, we really value your time. Uh, we try to keep these to 20 minutes. Tonight we went up a little bit longer, but uh, we always value your time and attention. We want to bring you some good Rockies information. But for now, Noah Yingling, Kevin Henry signing off. Thank you for your support of Rocks Pile, and we'll talk to you from San Diego. Noah Yingling, Kevin Henry, signing off. Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.